following podcast is a production of the network. Check us out on BICBP-radio.com. Happy Wednesday, better late than never. Sorry, guys, last week uh, our Friday episode dropped a wee bit late. Welcome to Fantasy Beasts and where to find them. Guys, uh, us here at Tiki Tribe Productions are working very hard to get everything set up, everything put together, and everything ready to go for not just you guys here with uh, Fantasy Football Drafts approaching vastly, but also for Wingfest, uh, our other show, our, our namesake, Spread Those Wings podcast. Really coming in hot and getting ready to roll here. Guys, I am Kyle Ranney. I'm the host of the show. We're here. We're excited. We're ready to go. Um, and we're here to talk about the time of the year here. We're here to talk about fantasy draft. And we're here to talk about guys who uh, who you might want to start targeting in your late rounds, your, your gems, your steals, your guys who are really worth your, your bang for your buck. Um... There's a lot this year. There's a lot of guys who are outside of the top 75. You know, I mean, standard standard formats, top 75 is going to get you probably your first six, seven rounds where you can make bread and butter on these guys. And maybe they're overlooked. Maybe they're falling a little further. Maybe you have to jump a little early on them. But I've got uh, quite a few guys here. I, I think it's actually like 22, 24 guys here I'm going to talk about this episode give you a bit of a reason why I'm so high on them, maybe even ahead of some of these other guys, and we'll get to figure that one out. Um, we're going to start at the top here, though, literally right off the bat. Like I said, outside of the top 75, using Yahoo's most updated top 250 cheat sheet, number 76 on this list, Darnell Mooney. Mooney's a guy who looked very good last year in limited work, took over in a role where he wasn't expected to be the number one, and came into this year as the number one, with a full season working with Justin Fields, Justin Fields does not have much on that team. I'm expecting Mooney to see probably close to 120 targets, if not more, this year. Mooney's going to continue to be dynamic, a guy who might be a league winner, especially given the fact that if you can get him around the 80s, you're realistically looking at an, at an eighth-round pick who's a guy who will probably finish the top, top wide receiver, too. Uh, I'm not going to say he's going to be a top 10 guy, but... Definitely could see him being a top 20 guy at the end of the day. Um, I really like the chemistry they had last year. We've seen it a little little bit in preseason when he is on the field with Justin Fields. He looks phenomenal. Uh, So Mooney's my top guy here. Number two, a guy a lot of people are kind of starting to sleep on. He had a very good year last year. Oftentimes the 16th or 17th pick of the draft. Um, I'm going with Hunter Renfro here. Yes, Vegas got Devontae Adam. We know that um but on top of that they're they still have to get targets around darren waller was a little bit less effective last year they didn't have anybody else really to get the ball to hunter renfro stepped up in times of need and was always that consistent hit the guy that you knew when you needed it you could get it to him 
I don't see Renfro's targets going down. In fact, they actually don't have anything past like a wide receiver three. And if Darren Waller gets hurt or anybody else gets hurt, he's going to be continue to be the target. Expect Renfro to continue to, to produce as a wide receiver two, albeit the fact that he's being drafted in the mid eighties at this point. So I think Renfro's your steady hand, kind of like Cole Beasley was a couple years ago, albeit much younger, going to be that late 80s to 100s, but he's going to produce and continue to produce as a wide receiver too. Third guy on this list here, he's ranked 91, a guy that quite honestly can be hit or miss on this list. And I say that because it's going to 100% depend on where he ends up by draft day in your league. But I'm going to go with Kareem Hunt here out of Cleveland. Um, if Kareem Hunt continues being Cleveland, I don't necessarily know I love him as much in that spot. If Kareem Hunt ends up getting traded, one of these running back needy teams, I think Kareem Hunt ends up being a top 15 running back in the league, and you're getting him at a very late value here. Um, Hunt continued to run with a vengeance last year, went healthy, even with Nick Chubb in, a guy who oftentimes is producing 20-plus points a game. That hasn't gone away. He just got banged up in the back half of the year. My fourth guy on the list, he actually comes in at 94, so he's going to start sliding up draft boards very quickly, especially as we get closer to the start of the season, and especially as he continues to produce into the preseason. But Houston's running back, Damian Pierce, a guy who didn't blow it away in college at Florida, but he's been absolutely stellar in the preseason. Crazy yard per carry average, continues to make the most out of the limited runs there, and the fact that Houston doesn't have much around him um, they're going to see him produce early and often. Whether it's goal line carries, whether they're going to try to use him in the passing game, whether they're just going to say, hey, run the ball. If you can produce five, six yards carry, we're having a good time. Uh, Pierce is going to be your de facto number one. He's going to be worth your shot to get him in the late, probably late 80s now. He's, I, I could see him producing and being a guy who you have to end up spending a high pick to procure, but he's going to produce and he's not going to fall off like some of these running backs that are ahead of him. Uh, next guy on the list, I have Naeem Hines. Again, one of those situations where the running back situation is very weird. In the mid-60s, I have Clyde edwards Slayer, Rashad Penny, Miles Sanders. I'd honestly, I would scrap all those guys and keep Naeem Hines on my roster. You know Naeem Hines is going to get a push. They're, Frank Reich's already stated how much he loves him. They want to use him as a passing back. Jonathan Taylor cannot keep getting beat down, especially if Matt Ryan ends up not being the guy. Um, so they're going to give him a change of pace. Yes, Jonathan Taylor can break away. He'll have the numbers. But Naeem Hines is going to do more in that backfield than he did last year. So at average, where he's ranked at 102, you're going to see him being like an 8th or ninth round pick. Naeem Hines is your 3rd or 4th running back. It's a very, very stellar deal. Uh, 106 here, I have Derek Carr. A guy where if you miss that swing in those top 6 quarterbacks, I wouldn't be panicking I think I'd be willing to go with Derek Carr as my QB1 here. Uh, yes, you might want to double down and go a very early backup quarterback, but Derek Carr has the potential. He's got Devontae Adam, who you know is going to produce. Doesn't matter when, where, or how. They've shown that all preseason or all camp. Uh, Carr was a quarterback one for most of last year without much, given that he only had Hunter Renfro and most of the season didn't even have Darren Waller. So I think Derek Carr has the potential to, to bust in the top 10 quarterback. And potentially be, if not in the top five, on the outskirts. My next guy I'm going to talk about, number 112 on the list, Drake London from Atlanta. The reason Drake London is down here at 112 is strictly because of that knee injury. If Drake London's healthy going into this, we've seen two full games of uh, of preseason out of him. I think Drake London's really verging up around that 80 
to 70 mark. Um, I mean, we already see that same spot. We've got guys up here in that rookie grouping. I think Drake London is by far the best talent out of that group. And I think we're going to be able to see him produce as such. He is the number one there. I'm not really trusting uh, Zacchaeus. I'm not trusting Brian Edwards. Like, I have no problem with Brian Edwards, but I don't trust him as a wide receiver one. So, I mean, Drake London's going to produce this year. Number 114, I'm going down two spots here. Pat Fryermuth. Fryermuth was ridiculously consistent over the back half of last year's NFL season. A guy who continued to put up points with maybe the least consistent quarterback in the game. And I say that because we know Ben was very inaccurate down the stretch. Um, Fryermuth made his plays and had them whatever he could. Made it however he could. I think for as much as you can say, yes, I know Ben is a legend. But Ben in his last couple years was not accurate, was not legend-like. You're going to tell me that we're going to get a guy who might not have the zip, might not have the big balls Ben had, but can be a little more accurate and put that ball where he needs to as a safety blanket that we don't think Pat Faramuse can be better? Because I think Pat Faramuse got top seven, top six tight end written all over him. He's being drafted on average as a tight end 10. So I think Faramuse your guy this year to take that real next step. Granted, yes, it's early on in a tight end career. We had two very special ones last year with Kyle Pitts and Pat Farmuth. Next guy in this list, I'm going to go back to the quarterback room here. We're going to go 123, Trevor Lawrence out of Jacksonville. I don't love what he did last year. I don't love uh, what they put around him necessarily at receiver. However, we saw him make plays with next to nothing in the back half of the year. They beat the Colts. He had nobody on that field. Um, Marvin Jones might have been the only name. He was without Jamal Agnew. He was without LaVisca Chenault. Um, they've gone and put some lackluster talent around him. Yes, Christian Kirk. There's a lot of question marks. Can he be the guy? Travis Etienne is back. He didn't have a great preseason. However, I like Trevor Lawrence for his back half schedule. His la- his games from November on have a lot of last season's bottom 10 defensive teams versus the quarterback. Um, that's a guy where if you maybe got a struggling quarterback and you need a quick fix at quarterback down the line, Trevor Lawrence might be your league savior. If he can hit that stride, he's got a good group to play against. You never know, man. Trevor Lawrence could be your 20, 25-point producer and be your flex fill-in when needed. The next two guys we're going to go with here are unconventional running backs. I'm going to go pick 128 first. We're going to go Kenneth Gainwell out of Philadelphia. Gainwell's a kid last year. Gary and myself really liked out of the draft. Um, great player, I believe out of Memphis. I'm trying to recollect that. Um, had a solid year when he was in the lineup. Miles Sanders still is not getting that rushing and that love that he he had two years ago. Kenneth Gainwell's looked very good in the preseason. It would not shock me whatsoever to see Gainwell take over Sanders' reps by the end of the year. And Gainwell be a guy who is considered a league winner because he was taken in that 10th to 12th round range. Uh, so Kenneth Gainwell's a guy who, if he's available, I'm definitely jumping all over that. Daniel Jones, I didn't have him on my list, but I'm going to actually add him. 129. If you're desperate and he's hanging around, because I feel like a lot of people are discrediting the Giants, he's well worth the bang for your buck. Um, you're coming out of a system where Daniel Jones has shown year in and year out he's very good at running, he's never had protection, and his receivers didn't stay healthy for two seasons. Well, he's got a off- or he's got a head coach now who dealt with a rookie, Josh Allen, who had no line no receivers, and led the league very well in rushing. I'm not saying it's going to be the same situation, but if you're willing to take that lotto ticket, I think Daniel Jones is well worth it this year. Uh, number 132, I'm going to go with J.D. McKissick here, Washington. 
we continue to see Antonio Gibson fall further and further and further and further and further down the depth chart to the point where he's playing in the third and fourth quarters of preseason games right now. Um, I never loved him last year. I didn't love him his rookie year. I thought he was a one-trick pony, and and he gets injured quite considerably. Um, J.D. McKissick is a guy who gets reps on first and second down, really shines on third down. And I think in Washington, they, they really showed they want him. So even if it's Brian Robinson who's getting most of the reps there, I think McKissick has the ability to shine and continue to be at least a top 30 running back overall. Um, and at that, I mean, this right here would be the 11th round rank. I'm A-OK getting a top three running back, an RB3 that I can flex play at any given point. Uh, 134, Devontae Parker. This is where we're verging into scary levels. Devontae Parker, for years past, you're going to see going anywhere from 75 to 100 with Miami. Now he's in New England. Everybody's questioning, well, why, why, do we, why do we care? New England likes to spread the ball. Well, New England doesn't have talent right now. Nothing against Jacoby Meyer. He's a very good receiving player. He doesn't score touchdowns. Nothing against Kendrick Bourne. I don't trust Kendrick Bourne. Um, I, I don't really care on Nelson Aguilar to be the guy who leads that team. They got rid of Kill Harry. Devontae Parker clicked almost immediately with Mac Jones. I think Devontae Parker's got a chance to be that first very legit wide receiver that New England's had in quite a few years. And I think with Mac Jones, he can take that next step. He's going to go back to that Miami level he was where he is the true number one there. And we'll see if Devontae Parker can stay healthy enough to produce that top wide receiver season he's always been looking for. We're going to slide down the list just a little bit here. We're going to go from 134 down to 148 and 149. We can talk about rookies, guys. Uh, 148, a guy who's been skyrocketing upwards. Played his rookie ball at Nevada, the Wolfpack. Green Bay. No, it's not the second-round pick. It's the fourth-round pick wide receiver. Romeo Dobes. Uh, Romeo really... It's a guy we kind of started to like late in the process this year in the draft. A guy who... As you start to really watch his receiving tape versus the Carson Strong tape... You realize he's out there making a lot of plays that shouldn't be made. Quite honestly, Carson Strong put him in a bad position in a lot of situations, and he was able to go up, get the ball, make the play, and he still had a lot of yards and a ton of touchdowns. Uh, he's going to go with a pro quarterback in Aaron Rodgers. Yes, he does have to fix those drop issues, but he's continuing to make the wild play. Training camp, preseason, he's got two t- two touchdowns in two preseason games. I think Romeo Dubes is really going to climb that depth chart and be a solid producer for a lot of teams this year. 149, we got Tyler Algier, uh, BYU Cougar, 21 touchdowns last year. I fell in love with the kid on tape. He runs like a flaming bowling ball shot out of a cannon. He's not easy to shut down. He's going to hit you in the chest. He's going to hit you high in the chest, and he's going to bowl through you. Everybody went, what can you do at a high level? So we saw Zach Wilson struggle a little from playing with Cougars. You're welcome. Um... And then, you know, it's a running back going to the league. Can, can, it, can it matter? Well, I mean, preseason week one, he had an 8.3 yard per carry. Week two, they got him, I think, five or six touches in the red zone. Atlanta's as much as locked in on him as possible. And they've already stated they don't want Cordero Patterson, Patterson to be the guy. Kadri Olsen's lost a job. Damian uh, Williams has lost a job. Tyler Algier might be the number one rusher for Atlanta by the end of the year. And he's being drafted on average at about 149. So that means you might be getting a starting running back in the 13th round. So Algier has been a guy I really, really love here. 
Pick 154 in the night. Isaiah McKenzie, Buffalo Bills. You might be asking who the hell is that if you've been under a rock. Understood. If you don't follow the Bills, also understood. If you know that Cole Beasley was a productive player almost three, two, three straight years, kind of fell off a little last year, this is why you want to know about Isaiah McKenzie. McKenzie, with his uh, yards per route, fantasy points per route, was stellar last year. That was even with playing behind Cole Beasley in leagues. Uh, now, they basically brought him to camp. They said, hey, man, we're going to let you try to win this job. We don't have a starting slot receiver. Oh, also, we've signed Jamison Crowder, a very established slot receiver. Isaiah McKenzie walked into camp, has not turned around, has not looked back. His own talented teammates, one of the best nickel corners in the league, Teron Johnson, has had a tough time covering him all offseason. His teammates are bolstering him. He's been killing it in the preseason, which is something he's barely getting on the field for, so he's still producing with barely getting out there. I think Isaiah McKenzie is going to see a huge target share with Buffalo. You can you can argue, well, well, do we trust Gabe Davis or do we trust Isaiah McKenzie? Here's the thing. You don't have to pick one or the other. You're, you're losing a lot of targets on this offense here. You don't have Cole Beasley. You don't have Emmanuel Sanders. Sanders had a ton of targets. Beasley had a ton of targets. These guys are going to fill right in and kind of take that same exact spot. And Davis and McKenzie both took targets last year. So basically, you're just adding the targets from those two onto what they already did last year. They're going to produce, guys. Uh, 157, we have DJ Shark, Detroit. Anybody who's listened to the show for, I mean, the last couple months and or the last year plus knows how much of a rock hard, raging hard iron I have for Amon or St. Brown and how high I'm willing to draft that kid. I'm going to stay with the Detroit receivers here. I'm going to go DJ Chark. Uh, Amon or St. Brown was able to get free and get loose with nobody around him last year. DJ Chark has been given an awful benefit the last couple of years. Who who the hell's been there? Who the hell's been helping him in Jacksonville? Oh, also he got hurt before the season really even started last year. So a guy like Chark, who's never really lost the talent, he's always been there and never had the option to really kind of go for it. Still showing he's that player in camp. He's laid out, made some beautiful catches with Detroit and a team that desperately needs someone to catch passes. Yes, Chark might not win you your league because Chark might be the guy who gets relegated after Jamison Williams comes back healthy, if he comes back healthy. But DJ Chark to be the guy who you can get as a, shit, 12th, 13th round pick, a guy who could come out hot in the first six and you could trade him, get something of value for yourself as a guy who you scooped up that late. I love the odds of that pickup. Pick 161, Mac Jones, New England. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it, guys. You're listening to this. You're going, oh, he's a Buffalo fan. How how dare you? Mac Jones is talented. New England looks good. I still think Mac Jones is in line for a serious sophomore sp- uh, spike in production here. I think Mac Jones is going to be the guy who you see coming out the back half of last year. He was able to, minus that Bills game, put up almost 15 or 20 points a game. It's not easy when you didn't have a lot of talent and you added some talent there you did uh you've got Janu Smith who openly admits he didn't take last year correct he's trying to get better you've got Devontae Parker there you've got more line talent I don't see a Mac Jones regression I see a Mac Jones progression coming uh so I'm very pro Mac Jones as a backup this year I think it's a very talented move the next uh, six, I'm going to say, are more guys that you might want to take with your last round as a flyer pick. 
I'm going to go pick 182 on the list. Jalen Tolbert here. Jalen Tolbert's doing pretty much everything asked to be able to be the guy who takes over and becomes the wide receiver two in Dallas. Why does that matter? For many, many years, you always saw Dallas run a very strong two wide receiver set and both receivers produce in fantasy. Yes, Michael Gallup will be back at some point, but I think unfortunately at that point in time, it'll be too late. There's no turnaround, and I think Tolbert will have already won that job. Gallup will be a fine slot receiver. I think Jalen Tolbert's going to step right in and not miss a beat. He's going to be a guy who's able to produce 10 to 18 points a week. Maybe you get those high side every now and again. But if I got that in in my 17th, 16th, 15th round, whatever your last round is, I feel like I've hit the lottery on that pick. So Jalen Tolbert's a nice play there. Paris Campbell, Indianapolis Colts, number 189 here. This is tough. This is maybe in your deeper league, somebody you want to take a flyer on. Indy, when Paris Campbell's healthy, Indy's always looked good. The big if is if Paris Campbell's healthy. He's looked good so far. He's looked like he's displayed strong chemistry with Matt Ryan, but he also looked good for four weeks last week, last year, and then he fell off and got injured again. He might be one of the most injury-prone players in the league. If this was a ESPN magazine from 2006, they would basically put a first aid kit next to his name because you can't keep him trusted. Next guy I'm going to talk about, number 205, Marcus Mariota. Guys, don't laugh. Don't laugh, don't laugh, don't laugh. I myself a couple weeks ago, a couple months ago, maybe would have laughed real hard at Mariota's not going to do shit. Anybody who's seen any Atlanta games here, Marcus Mariota's looked like a stud. He, we know he can still run. We know he has that second overall pick pedigree. And the dude is throwing balls on ropes. Like, he's not giving people the option to pick these passes off. He's giving these just straight-line balls to his to his starting receivers. And his guys are making the best of it. Um, the Drake-London catch where London got hurt last uh, in week one should never have happened, quite honestly. It's not, uh, it shouldn't have been hurt. It's a... He shouldn't have completed that pass. That was on a, that was that was a point A, point B. There was no arc. It was a line. Um, this past week, fifty-two yard pass, Kyle Pitts. Yeah, Kyle Pitts makes a great move. If Mariota doesn't put that right where it is, Pitts isn't picking fifty-two up. Pitts is picking up the twenty-five he's got and getting tackled. Um, I mean, Kadero Hodge made a nice break out of it, and yeah, it's, I mean, it's Kadero Hodge. He didn't make up much out of it. Maybe a couple yards after, but. Threw it right where it needed to be. He threw the touchdown in week two that had no right being a catch. Um, just absolutely blistered that pass into uh, Alamed Zaccheus. Mariota looks like a different quarterback. And if I'm in desperate, desperate need late in a draft for, for a quarterback, and you've already missed the boat on some of these top guys, I'm okay with Marcus Mariota being my guy that I'm going to take my lottery ticket on. One of my last three here, guys. Uh, pick number 210 on the list. Denver Broncos' KJ Hamler. Uh, Hamler's a guy we've seen in the past who produced early and often last season. Tears his ACL. Rookie season was kind of registered. Didn't do much. Looks great last year. Tears the ACL. This year, Tim Patrick tears the ACL. KJ Hamler comes back with strength and speed from that ACL tear. He's going to pick up right where he left off, and someone needs to catch passes there, and Russ Wilson's running the ball, not Drew Locke. I love KJ Hamler's upside. 
and he's great to try to grab in your your very late round leagues where you can grab a bunch of bench spots. Uh, Two seventeen, another potential sleeper rookie, Jahan Dotson out of Washington. Very similar skill set to that of Terry McLaren. Scary Terry, we know what he can do, but it looks like in camp so far, Carson Wentz's favorite guy has been Jahan Dotson. Uh, one of the slippery guys, he didn't have anything. He was one of those weird guys. Uh, it's, it's just really tough to kind of explain. He doesn't have the speed. He doesn't have the size. He doesn't have the, the, the you know, the, the build. But he might be the cleanest route runner in the class. He understands the game of football, and he knows how to make the shit work. Uh, Dotson's a guy who's going to win v- cerebrally in this league. You don't have to beat him with, with straight line speed. You don't have to power him off. But you're going to damn sure out-mental them and win that game that way. So uh, I like Jahan Dotson late. My last guy I'm going to go with here, and I hate saying this as a Bills fan. Green Bay Packers wide receiver Sammy Watkins. Yes, I know he's missed a lot of preseason. That's the concern. He's already gotten banged up. However, he's working with wide receivers coach Burt Wiggum this year. Uh, Wiggum, most notably, one of the guys who's working with um, Gabriel Davis at Buffalo and stated how much he loves what Davis has done this year. You're going to sit here and give me Burt Wiggum with Sammy Watkins. Wiggum openly acknowledging Watkins has stated he's never been this healthy. <coughs> he's never really gone out and done this as a pro. And he put it in the training this year more than ever. Why don't I trust that then? Why, why would I not? Like, if I can get him in the last round, a guy who's catching passes from Aaron Rodgers, a guy who's shown he's a consummate pro, who's Aaron Rodgers trusting beside that? Alan Lazard? I mean, he's got two rookies, Alan Lazard and Sammy Watkins. I think the best name out of that might be Sammy Watkins. I still, I'm not buying the Alan Lazard fade. Um, but guys, I think that's really about it. Uh, we're going to continue. We'll be back on Friday. Um, shout out to all you guys following through, listening, uh, liking, sharing. If you're doing any of that, shout out to our sponsors. Uh, as always, shout out Jeanette at the Therapy Sessions Buffalo. Shout out our dude Charlie at Renegade Studios down in St. Pete, Florida, and shout out our dude Kyle at Chicken Dippin'. Uh, because if you watch football, you're probably ordering pizza and wings and nothing goes better with football than some wings nothing goes better with wings than blue cheese guys use code 716 on the site get those chicken dipping on discount we'll see him soon at wing fest but guys seriously until next time we thank you for listening and you keep on looking for those fantasy beasts we'll show you exactly where to find them peace out guys